0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Our next guest is the very talented Sean Chilbara, an Indigenous dancer, performer and stand-up comedian who tackles the hard stuff with humour and wit. He was a professional dancer with the Bangara Dance Company and has performed at the Opera House, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and even danced for His Holiness the Dalai Lama. As well as huge festivals, you can find Sean performing at primary schools around the country, introducing kids to Indigenous culture. He performed at Darlington Public School in Sydney in the lead-up to NAIDOC Week, a celebration of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander history, culture and achievements that also recognises Indigenous Australians' contributions to our country. Cinnamon Nippard caught up with Sean just after his performance.
1: Hello, my name is Sean Chilbra originally from Townsville, North Queensland. My group's uh, people are Girame, Kalkaroon and Guguyallanji. And also my uh, birthplace of where my mum and dad is from is Bulgaman, which is Palm Island. So I'm a Townsville boy, grew up in Townsville and went to school in Townsville. And you've just given a performance here at Darlington Public School. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, everywhere I travel, in the past 27 years I've been doing school shows. I work for a school's agent. And I travel all around Australia and overseas and all. And I do school shows in primary and uh, high schools and universities and that. And um, every time I leave a show, pretty much I leave it like that, where it's almost like a concert, like a mini concert, where everyone's getting up and dancing. And and I mix the traditional with all the latest dance crazes. So that way it just brings it in, uh, makes it a bit more... um, uh, inviting I guess for kids who might be on the outer or you know, whatever their point of views or views are but when they see Aboriginal people doing traditional dance and then also uh, seeing all the latest anything from Gangnam Style to Juju on the Beat and Whip Nene and all the latest hip hop style dances then they go hey this ain't too bad you know but they're actually learning something along the way as well you know where they might be learning uh, phrasing or languages that might be mixed into some of the things like we might take Juju on a Beat or uh whip nano where they do one part dance where they do the stanky leg which is an african-american dance but we change it with do the shaker leg you know so we change up a couple of the wordings and and let's make it a bit more inclusive i guess they were loving it by the way they were going off it was like a rock concert people would have thought what's going on the school was just screaming there was like hundreds of kids just going crazy and you know even their parents were fighting to get on stage and that and, um, you know, teachers, you know, were up on stage, everyone was boogieing and dancing, and that's how you kind of always must do a show, I reckon, yeah. yeah. And you're, you've got a background in dance, but you're also well-known as a comedian. <laughs> how do you yeah, <laughs> combine all these different facets? Yeah, I've always had a really a big interest in stand-up comedy since I was 10 years old, but I kind of fell into dance only because I wasn't, I, I didn't find any job, you know, and I think in 1984, Uh, My sister, who was down in Sydney already, said you'd be good in dancing, you know, studying dance. So I kind of fell into it. It wasn't really a passion thing, but it kind of has become a passion. Like, even though I do stand-up comedy now, I kind of consider myself more of a dancer than a stand-up comic. You know, it's like, I guess, when you see comics like, um, you know, The Flight of the Concords or Tripod or, um, you know, people like Jamie Foxx, and they're... They're probably first and foremost musicians and then comedy second. So for me, I'm a dancer first and comic second, you know, and that's probably where I really draw on my strength is probably not, my strength ain't stand up, but my strength is the dance. So I do parody dance or parody music and take off of raps, you know, and I actually probably can take off. I do, you know, resemble a bit of Michael Jackson, but if I wear, you know, a LA Los Angeles Raiders hat, you know, I resemble Easy e so, you know, I can get away with playing a couple of parody stuff, you know, with, with these lookalikes, yeah. Because we're a kid's radio station, can you tell us a couple of, like, kid-friendly jokes? Yeah. In your repertoire? Yeah. Absolutely. I remember the first time I ever was sent to the office, and because I went to a Christian brother's school in my schooling life, and, um, you know, and the school I actually went to, they actually trained you to become a brother, which was kind of weird. I was already a brother. Hey, give me five, yeah? And I remember one time we are doing a maths exam, and the teacher... Um, you know, and everyone was flying through the mass exam. All the kids were showing up with their smartness. And I didn't know what the answer was. Like, first question, I had five divided by three, seven times three. I didn't know what the answer. And then I saw a poster on the wall. And the only know this poster view in a Christian school. It said, Jesus is the answer. So five divided by three became Jesus. Seven times three, Jesus. So I thought I was really smart. Jesus, Jesus, has all the answer. And as I ran up to the teacher and showed her, she said, Jesus. And I said, see. And um, so um, I... Um, but I remember getting sent to the office. The first time I got sent to the office, and it was only first and last time because I always kind of believed I was like borderline genius because um, at two years old I was like a, a translator for my brother who was a bit older, but he couldn't talk Probably He was like a late developer. And when he talked, talk, he'd go, mm-hmm, 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 like that. And um, we'd go down to the local fish and chip shop, and the teacher would go, um, what, what do you want, Lollipop? Because his nickname was Lollipop. And he'd go, and they'd look at me and go, What does he want? I go, He wants fish and chips. And they go, Wow, you like, You know what he's saying? And one time at school, we were doing um, studying the war. And the teacher said, During the war, they had a special code called the Morse code. And I have the original audio files here. I'm going to play it. And when they play it, and she said, No one's been able to crack the code. And when she played it, went, I said, I think they want fish and chips. So, um, so I remember getting sent to the office. The teacher came in because I went to a religious school. The teacher said, How? Do they make holy water? That's what was written on the blackboard. How do they make holy water? I, s- I put my hand up because no one put their hand up. I thought, man, this question has everyone stumped. No one knows how to make holy water. So I put my hand up and they go, yes, Sean, how do you make holy water? I said, do you put water in the kettle and boil the hell out of it? And that's how you make holy water. Yeah. Then I got sent to the office and they go, you get to the office. I was like, what the hell, yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember one time I was going to get um, my um, lay-by at a Christmas time. It was like the 20th December. I, I thought, oh, I've got, I'm gonna get my lay-by out, my Christmas lay by. And there was a huge lineup of people getting their Christmas lay by out at the Maya Center. And third floor is the lay-by section. And when I looked up at the line, right up ahead of me was Ernie Dingo. I said, Oh my god, Ernie Dingo's here. And we kind of get starstruck when we see Ernie Dingo. We go, oh my God, Ernie Dingo's here. And the la- Yeah, and the lady accidentally gave him my lay by and he took him. and I said, Hey, that dingo's got my lay by. <laughs> That's kind of more indeed style, yeah. <laughs> and um, and what what does Naidoc mean to you? Naidoc is a it's a really good time in terms of everyone pretty much being. It's like when they're they the planets. <laughs> so I only saw that meme. Yes, with all These bald heads all aligned on a bus, and it goes when the planets align. It's almost like that in terms of Indigenous Australia because we're so diverse and we don't like we're so different from each other, but. In this whole week, we celebrate Nadoc all over Australia. And you watch TV shows like NITV or the news and this and that or read in the newspapers what everyone's doing and where they're celebrating. It's, it's like a celebration thing, you know. It's almost like our New Year's or something, you know, like everyone all over the country is celebrating Nadoc, And Nadoc is about just us continuing our culture, our song dance. And, and when you have really wonderful schools, you know, or, or establishments that are, you know, who are hiring us and, and booking us in to do our, our, our gigs, and that it allows us to keep the culture strong, whether it 's stand up comedy or music or dance and that, and also just um, that 's you know pretty much the obviously national Aboriginal Island day of celebration or commemoration, where we reflect on all the other all the hard work that you know our ancestors have done and fought to get uh, basic rights for us and we 're still fighting along the way you know, there 's a long way to go you know you have a lot of communities who really still live and i've been there in fourth world conditions you know even uh really hard communities you know and things like that where you wouldn't expect it and you know and sometimes in the city but also in the city there can be you know really bad conditions as well with with indigenous people as well you know and um not saying it's a city or a country thing and that as well but you know we fight the fight and we still we still um hold the torch and keep it going and that but at the same time um you know nadoc is uh a time to reflect but also it's a time to look forward and, and embrace everyone you know where if you look at my style of show um i embrace you know vietnamese you know south americans you know africans fijians you know the, the white community you know the kori community and and everyone you know and i invite them all in and we just have fun you know we all together and we all have that common ground because um only two months ago i was invited to um a luncheon over north sydney at mossman and they had me seated next to um, the ex-Prime Minister of Australia. And I thought, oh, my God, it must be, you know, Kevin Rudd. I thought, oh my God, I lo- uh, you know, Indigenous people love Kevin Rudd because he apologized. He said sorry. And I, I thought, I could sit next to Kevin Rudd and practice my Mandarin because he speaks fluent Mandarin. And um, so I went there. But guess who they had me seated next to? John Howard now this yeah John Howard I, I had my reservations about John Howard probably because my parents come from a reservation but anyway I'm sitting there with John Howard and I thought i will be the bigger man I'm only five four seven. but anyway and I sat there with John Howard we were talking and um, I said John where do you you know because we were talking about cricket because he loves cricket and I love cricket and I said you know who the first cricket team of Australia was they were all indigenous and he goes, yeah, I know that. I go, yeah, exactly. You know, so we had a common thing. I think that's what reconciliation is all about. You know, two people finding our common ground. Like, that, it didn't matter about politics, you know. And we're just talking about cricket and just getting along. And, and I said, where are you living these days, you know, John Howard? And he goes, I'm in Mossman. I go, well, that's not far from Kirribilli House. It would have been cheaper on the removal list and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, yeah. And he was laughing. And he goes, where do you live? And I said, well, I live between Redfern and Moore Park. And he goes, sorry. And I said, see, that wasn't so hard. So I made the prime minister say sorry. <laughs> So there's a lot of tricks to it, you know what I mean? Like, you got to kind of play. you got to go, well, I'm not Dave Hughes. I'm not Kyle Barron, you know? At the end of the day, I'm Sean Chauver. So I have to represent a group of people. Like, even when I get the kids up for a dance, I teach them a dance. Like, imagine we set up a fish trap overnight, and we are going to pull it in. So everyone say, pull, and everyone goes, pull. Sometimes the fish might jump out, poke us in the face, so we are got to lean. So we are got to pull, lean, now hands in. Everyone go, pull, lean, hands in, pull, lean, hands in. And then they start chanting, pulling hands in, you know? But it's actually bringing anything that might be on the agenda, anything that's out on the news or anything like that, whether it's Donald Trump or anyone, and just making a lot of it. But you you kind of always have to be respectful of people, you know? And, um, you know, you got to understand their views and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's you know, my job is to laugh, make fun, and make a joke of it, and, and just sort of take a bit of that anxiety or that, you know, that that little bit of anger or whatever, you know, towards politicians or whatever, you know, make, ha- have a funny laugh, you know, saying sorry, you know? <laughs>
0: That was the very cheeky Sean Chilbara. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.